Dear passengers, welcome to Europa Rocks Airlines. You have just boarded flight 420, flying to Berlin, Sofia, Budapest, Paris, London, Prague, Pomori, and many more. The flight includes beverages and the best in European underground music. Prepare for takeoff from the heart of the Balkans with Europa Rocks on Radio Now. Europa Rocks is back on the radio waves of Radio Nope. Hello and good evening. Hello. Hello. I want to apologize up front for the inevitable usual technical difficulties that we will probably experience as always. Yes, we'll never get away from the technical difficulties. But right now we're broadcasting directly from the Bare Hands Society storefront. Of course, uh, our gracious host, Didu Peshev, the very famous now and Do you talented mean this designer. this lazy guy in the corner of the room? Yes, who is uh, checking his Facebook he, and pretending to make orders for uh, his next line of t-shirts. Such a lazy guy. Such a lazy guy. He doesn't do any work at all. In between doing posters for Mastodon, Melvins, Swans, Gujira and many, many more, he just does pretty much nothing directly from the center on the heart of the Balkans and heart of Sofia even even uh, what we heard uh, first was the band Kokix 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 like the bone like the boner <laughs> the, uh, the <laughs> this was Kokix from France with uh, their song Maurice Canon uh, from their I think debut EP called Cockics. They had some strings, I mean, in the classical. <laughs> yeah, but pretty good noisy, math rock kind of avant-garde type of shit. Yeah, I enjoyed it, even though I heard it for the first time. Got me right away. Okay, uh, we won't uh, try to be funny this time, uh, because we have uh, a really great guest that we're going to introduce uh, in just a little bit. Martin, what are you going to tell us about the next song? Not just about the n- only the next song. I prepared just a few traditional doom metal songs out of Europe. I have almost nothing to share about the bands. They're all new bands. They sound like stuff like every like they are all stuck in 1985. <laughs> and uh, the band is the next band is called. King Witch with the song Full Moon King. Where are they from? Uh, They're from Edinburgh, Scotland. The funny thing is that another song that that we'll be hearing a bit later also have a king in their title and it's exactly the same length as (laughs) this song by King Witch. So let us hear Full Moon King by King Witch from the Shoulders of Giants EP, which came out in actually in 2015. It's not really uh, new, 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 new. <laughs> okay, directly from the heart of Sofia, from the Bear Hand Society store, let's hear King Witch with Full Moon King. Go on. Thank you. 
This is Europa Rogues on Radio Nope. I'm Maxim. And I'm Martin. And this was King Witch with Full Moon King from the Shoulders of Giant EP. Coming out from Edinburgh, Scotland. And the next song is by Black Rainbows called Electrify mm. from their album Stellar Prophecy. And what we're hearing now is them frequencies with their song Circles from their latest album Rise Then Fall. Wasn't this that lazy guy out from Sofia having Dido Pedro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have some guests at uh, the Berkhan Society store. Alexander like Parvanov Shooter. <laughs> just came here to stir some trouble <laughs> giving us the finger yeah so what we're going to say about Blake Rainbows because our guest picked them and I don't want to keep him waiting anymore alright uh, st- Italian band this guy Gabriele he has a label this is probably the, the, on the his label is on the final frontier of European and not only European stoner rock uh in their roster is even Nicoliveri and quite a bunch. Mm. We saw them in Sofia a couple of years ago thanks to Rock and Roll, the Pass Me That Bottle dickheads. Okay, let's hear Black Rainbows with Electrify and our guest is going to tell us why he picked that song. Do it.
totally like you're tripping. No, you idiot. You're listening to Evropa Rocks on Radio Nope. Hello, you're listening to Evropa Rogues on Radio Nope. JJ, can you hear me? I can, yes. Oh, perfect. Uh, so let us welcome JJ Coxon, the founder of the Obelisk Webzine, a stoner's temple of the written word, providing music reviews with integrity and actual attention to music in the broken world of today's internet. JJ is also a published writer with his short stories uh, and poetry book called Electroprofen. Uh, the book is available at warcrimerecordings.bigcartel.com. Uh, JJ has also done work for the Weirdo Canyon Dispatch, uh, the Roadburn Festival webzine, and has very recently reproduced. Congratulations on becoming a dad, JJ. Ah. Yeah, thank you. Uh, How was that for an like, introduction? Um, that was uh, staggering. I wish I was. I wish I was half as worthy of. of those kind words but uh thank you yeah and and reproduction uh <laughs> has been an has been an interesting one to add to that list i guess yeah. fuck yeah babies okay yeah um, yeah i want to congratulate Very... you on becoming a dad uh and uh as a fellow octopus fan let me open mm. open the interview with a kind of a dad joke uh so Do it. what song would the beatles write if john and paul were octopi What wanna... song would the... All right. I'm oh. a huge Beatles fan, actually. So, okay. What song... Let me think about it. What song would the Beatles write if if John and Paul were octopi? I, I mean, is this this is going to be an Octopus's Garden reference? What are we doing here? All right. I'm overthinking it. I'm overthinking it. What's the answer? I want to hold your hand, 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 hand. Oh my God! <laughs> wow! I I told you it was a it was a dad joke. Yeah, it is, man. I will. I gotta start. I have to start storing them up now. All I have are bad puns. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I, gotta, I should probably write that one. <laughs> write that one down. Uh, yeah. Don't don't bother. We're. Uh, I think uh, we will come up with uh, at least two or three more dumb ones by the end of the interview. Uh, All right, good. So, so uh, you probably haven't listened to the show, but uh, we're dedicated to the European underground, smaller bands, smaller countries, uh, different languages, uh, kind of weird shit. And uh, we kind yeah. of started the show yeah. because uh, a lot of music media, uh, major as well as independent, seem like that they don't have the need to discover new music. And uh, for us, the Obelisk isn't like that at all. And uh, you have promoted bands from all over the globe, making them visible to us as well as uh, the rest of the world. So my first question is, uh, starting a bit deeper, how did you develop that curiosity uh, in order to start looking for those bands? Like to go beyond the border of what is tried and true in the world of Stoner and Doom. Bands from all over, you mean? Yeah. How did you develop I, just I, the curiosity I, to just want to find out about new bands and write? Okay. I, I can't really I can't really take credit for it. I think timing was part of the issue. When I when I started getting into when I started really sort of finding heavy rock and roll and, and figuring out where the different aesthetics were and and who was doing what where 
um, maybe like, you know, 14, 15 years ago at this point, uh, it was, it was kind of the birth of the internet file sharing thing, or if not the birth, sort of the, the peak of it. And, um, and there was, there was just so much out there and so much was accessible and, you know, to be able to find bands making, you know, desert rock from, from places far and wide and not at all a desert, uh, was, it was just something that really interested me. Uh, and, and as time went on and as, you know, I got to found, to found the obelisk and, and, and was writing for other outlets at the time, people started to reach out to me um, from everywhere. And, you know, and, and they still do, and it's amazing. It's, it's the most amazing thing. I'm on the radio right now in, in Bulgaria. This is incredible. Um, you know, like, to, to have to have this worldwide underground thing emerge uh, is is staggering to me it's it's how could you not be interested in it it's i find it fascinating daily all of the new countries all of the new people uh stoner bands without deserts yeah. okay i'm going to move on, on to the well i mean i want to move sorry, on to the next question i'm sorry uh just uh It, it just uh, seems that uh, a lot of independent blogging is dead nowadays. There were, for, at least from my perspective, there were like uh, at least twice as much uh, blogs about uh, independent music uh, online, like probably four or five years ago. And uh, mm -hmm. like most of the stuff that uh, kind of reaches uh, a, a bigger audience, except uh, except for the Obelisk, of course, uh, are kind of uh, PR like uh, stuff that's written by the band's PR that's kind of handed down. Can you agree or elaborate on this? Um, I think trends come and go, for sure. Uh, some of the blogs that were around have gone. Some of the blogs that were there before, you know, that sort of rush of, of, of blogs, that, of independent blogs that you're talking about are still there. Um, I think social media has changed a lot. Uh, a lot of direct communication is done from bands by Instagram, so you don't as much need the, the editorial mediary um, in the way you, in the way you did. But uh, you mean people yeah, can uh, people can uh, kind of uh, figure out stuff for them for themselves right now? They don't need like somebody to yeah. like conglomerate uh, their like uh, for example their uh, enjoyment of a like a concrete band they they just enjoy yeah, it and if somebody agrees they're happy or I think that's part of it it's it's just kind of the way things have changed there's there's less editorial focus all the way around it's not just necessarily independent music I look at Amazon.com reviews of products it's all the people it's, it's the same on Bandcamp. it's the people buying the product who are who are giving a review of it you don't the the value of editorial of somebody whose function it is to be a critic has has dissipated um 
And it's just the nature of the way things have gone over for the last I don't know, decade plus. It's all part of the democratization of information. I see. Which um, is it, which feeds into blogging and and versus print media versus traditional critique. It's a whole thing. <laughs> that was very smart. I'm not a smart. I feel very dumb right now. <laughs> no, man. I no. I, I I think about this stuff a lot. My my professional background is media. I worked for print magazine for print magazines for a decade plus, and I you know I watched it happen. Okay, uh, before uh, we called you, uh, we played um, Black Rainbows uh, with the song Electrify. Uh, can you just uh, quickly tell us why did you pick that song? Mm. I think Black Rainbows are emblematic of just what we were talking about at the outset, which was um, sort of the, the constantly changing nature of international heavy rock and roll. They are an Italian band, a trio led by a guy named Gabriel Fiore, who um, has founded a label called Heavy Psych Towns, who, who I think are doing really, really important work and who over the last five plus years uh, has been largely responsible building a massive heavy rock movement in Italy, sort of outside the sphere of Germany, Sweden, the UK, places where people commonly think of heavy rock. Um, aside from being a great band, Black Rainbows, uh, you know, they've worked hard, they've worked hard, and they've made a name for themselves by playing and just being a good band. Yeah. Um, they've actively worked to push the aesthetic forward, and, and that's something I deeply, deeply respect. Uh, the next song we're going to hear that you also picked is uh, Lowrider. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm an Eshma. Yeah. What, what can you tell us uh, about this song before we take a quick break? Just a classic. It's, uh, you know, you asked me for, for a couple uh, couple European bands, and, and this one is... is an all-time favorite. It's from their split with Nebula. Um, and yeah, just just can't be beat. All right. Uh, let's hear Lowrider. And we'll be back with JJ in approximately five minutes. You're listening to Evropa Rogues on Radio Nope.
listen to Europa Rocks live from Bulgaria. Listen to Europa Rocks live from Bulgaria. We're just warming up. This is Evropa Rogues on Radio Nope. And on the phone, hopefully still with us, is JJ Coxman from The Obelisk. And we're riffing about yep. riffing. Uh, we heard Lowrider with Lameneshma. I hope I pronounced that correctly. I, uh, I was practicing during the song, trying to say it, yeah, proper, it. properly. Um, so moving on to the next question. Uh, actually, uh, me and Martin did the first show for 1,000 mods in 2011 uh, here in Bulgaria. Uh-huh. And, oh, nice. And we've been uh, good friends with them since. Uh, and I I saw that right now you're helping out the band book their... Uh, I don't know if it's actually booking, but uh, you're helping them promote their first North American tour. And since 2011, this band has been growing and growing. Right now I'm... Uh, right now I'm wearing a... Well, when, 1000 mods t-shirt from of course we're talking about 1000 mods from Greece uh, yep. so what's the deal how are you helping the band I'm just sponsoring the tour I can't take credit for booking at all uh, but I'm I'm thrilled they're coming to the US I think uh, you know having seen them I, I was fortunate enough to see them in London in 2012 or 2013 Uh And they were, you know, they were supporting Super Van Vacation at that point, and they're just, they just blew me away. And ever since, you know, I've gotten to sort of watch from afar. They've become a bigger, bigger band, and I, I think they're absolutely ready to come to the states. I think, you know, I, I hope the the U.S. embraces them. And of course, uh, for that tour, and, they're and they're bringing a re-release of uh, Super Van Vacation. Uh, the first release of that album was. Uh, a beautiful 2LP uh, release yep. and uh, I actually owned the copy but uh, gave, my, went, gave mine away for, to a friend who is a much bigger uh, vinyl collector than myself so I'm, I kind of regret that but uh, I kind of don't. Um, That's very so, generous of you. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was I think uh, one of uh, 250 or something like that. It was like really, really limited. So, yeah. uh, my next question is like, uh, actually, you uh, you're a very special guest because uh, you are the first American, uh, hopefully not the last that we interview, but uh, we've kind of kept to uh, interviewing only European artists up until now. But uh, the fact that you've uh, like uh, you supporting 1,000 most for their North American tour uh, kind of uh, solidifies our opinion of like the obelisk of being like a worldwide kind of thing and uh, you supporting bands that are from just across the globe uh, testifies to that. Um, thank you. So I'm, I'm humbled. Thank you. So uh, thank you. Uh, with a, a person like you who has uh, this kind of uh, like view of what's happening uh, everywhere, uh, 
and in Europe in particular, is there a country in Europe that uh, kind of you think has made uh, a big impact on the stoner scene in the past few years in terms of uh, developing their own sound? Can we say, for example, okay, this is like the Greek sound or this is the Italian sound or like... You know, I would like to, I would like to say either Greece or Italy. The thing about... The thing about Greece's scene, though, and what has turned out to be a big part of the appeal of it for me, um, yeah, it has gotten really, really huge, but it's a lot of different kinds of bands. It's it's hard to pinpoint something and say it's a Greek, it's the Greek sound because there's so much variety in that and so much going on, and that, that's a defining part of what it's become. Um, Italy has similar uh, similar traits in that in that it's a, there's a lot of sludge, a lot of heavy doom, um, and a lot and a lot of you know rock and roll. So it's it's harder to say like where you can point to where you can point to Germany and say or Sweden and say there's a ton of retro bands coming out of Urubu because graveyard happened and you know. And that kind of thing, blues pills happen. Um, but I think over the next few years, you're going to see more Greek bands, more Italian bands coming up. And, and yeah, I, I look forward to seeing how it shakes out. Probably a few years ago, uh, I don't. Uh, there was an interview done with you. I've pretty much done my all of my research that Google allowed me on uh, what uh, what you said about stuff. Uh, so uh, you kind of prophesized uh, in 2000 and uh, probably 13 or 14. I I, I re I've forgotten. Uh, I'm sure it, I was wrong. It, I'm it, sure I was wrong. No, whatever no, no. I said. No, you were you were talking about uh, the lore record by Elder. That uh, yeah. You kind of you kind of prophesized that uh, there are going to be a lot of bands that uh, kind of come out and try to emulate what Elder uh, did with lore. And it kind of happened like this. I can, uh, I won't name them, but uh, right now there are a, a couple of bands emerging that are kind of getting bigger that uh, are trying to do a little bit more proggy stuff with uh, like their stoner. And I can, I think it came from the success Elder had with that record. So uh, in just uh, this is in connection with my previous question, like regarding is there a particular European uh, country that has developed their own sound? I think. This comes with, uh, like for example, really like the, su the success of certain bands that kind of can influence uh, a whole slew of bands from a different country. Do you think that's I correct? I, I think that's fair. Um, you know, a release like Lore was something pretty special, and the fact that Elder got out on the road and supported it in, you know, not only in the U.S. but in Europe. Uh, only furthered their cause um it was pretty clear when that album came out that that it was going to be uh well received and 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 yeah i think i think even more uh as those bands come up it will it will continue to sort of flesh out an influence um yeah uh, you know a great record great band um they deserve every accolade they get Okay, we're moving on to the next song uh, with a quick break. Uh, we're going to hear 
Samsara Blues experiment with Eastern Sun and Western Moon uh, from their album yeah. One with the Universe. Uh, just a quick word about that song and let's hear it. Okay, uh, real quick. Samsara Blues experiment came out with One with the Universe this year. Uh, one of my favorite albums of the year. And, and I was just, you know, they started making touring announcements late in 2016 and I was really excited they were coming back and it had been a couple of years after a few solid years of productivity from them and it had been a couple of years since since they put anything out uh, so I was really looking forward to the record and it, and it absolutely paid off it's a fantastic album uh, one of the year's best and, and I love this track so that was it okay let's hear some Sour Boost experiment with Eastern Sun and Western Moon well, we're on the phone with JJ Coxland from the Obelisk and I think we're having a pretty good time. I'm, I am. Hi, we are too. Okay, good. talk talk to you in a bit, dude. Hi.
Listen to Evropa Rogues live from Bulgaria. The, uh, yes, this is Evropa Rogues live from Bulgaria and directly from Massachusetts is JJ Coxon from the Obelisk. Whoop whoop for Massachusetts, JJ. You still there? Uh, yeah, Massachusetts is all right. <laughs> all right. Some, uh, good, some good bands here. You don't get what? I said there's some good bands here. Gozu, Roadsaw, Scissor Fighter from up around. The... <laughs> this, yep. was, this was Martin going ape shit for Roadsaw. Yeah, no, uh, rightfully so. <laughs> um, so. So, yeah, some good bands. Some new bands. Jesus, new from Massachusetts. Uh, I, I posted a track not too long ago from a band called Chain to the Bottom of the Ocean that was like super extreme sludge. They're from up here. Good bands. Good bands. Anyway, sorry, Massachusetts. Massachusetts bands. All right, um, the one of my uh, more kind of I don't know what to say. Uh, what kind of questions? Uh, maybe a little bit provocative. Okay, I wanted I wanted to ask you guys. Tell me about Bulgarian rock and roll. I want to know bands. I want to know what the the scene is like. What venues are like. Tell me. Tell me what I should know about heavy rock where you are. Well, uh, honestly, it's going to take a while because just like in every other country in uh, Europe, uh, the situation is pretty specific with uh, okay. how, like, uh, how Bulgaria is positioned, for example, on the touring route of uh, like different bands. We're kind of uh, uh, down south. And uh, we're pretty much uh, away from the more lucrative touring uh, routes. Uh, for example, in Germany, the Benelux area, France, and uh, uh, bands would have to like travel uh, quite a lot to get to here. And uh, mostly bands that are on longer tours can, uh, can be booked uh, if they're going to Greece, for example. Uh, Economically, it's uh, not very viable to put on like stoner shows, for example, in Sofia, uh, because uh, there isn't. Uh, there are uh, there are fans that uh, go to shows, but uh, it has to be timed really well. And uh, if we have to talk about Bulgarian bands, well, we'll probably uh, do a a Bulgarian band's uh, show of, of Europa Rocks, and uh, we can. Uh, get you to ask us questions about them because there are uh, quite like there are a lot of them but uh, not a lot of them are very good I don't know what to say uh, you're the more interesting person on uh, this uh, like actually we're interviewing you well, so uh, we don't know what well, to say to about me, the Bulgarian scene I'm not, I'm, not more I'm not more interesting than myself give me give me three bands three bands from Bulgaria I need to check out today today okay you have to check obsidian c martin is uh okay. martin is telling me uh they, they just play uh played uh, doom over vienna was that the name of the festival mm -hmm. yeah uh obsidian c they are their more, more well-known band a doom band from sofia come on mention one of my bands Okay, Martin is going to tell you the other band. It's it's not appropriate uh, for the guy himself to mention his own band, so I'll I'll do it. Uh, you have to check Bront for sure. Or 
did you wanted to hear okay. the other one? <laughs> and uh, a third band would be, I don't know, there was a, a an act uh, that that took um, a place in a couple of years ago, a band called Center. It was really uh, important um, for the scene because it uh, gathered people together in some way. The band is not active anymore, but uh, they have an album. It's on Bandcamp as well. You should definitely check it out. It's an instrumental heavy rock. Yeah, they, they actually kind of popular popularized uh, more instrumental stoner stuff uh, because they won a Jack Daniels uh, Battle of the Bands contest, and like a lot of people like got into stoner because of them. They were kind of an important band. I can send you I can send you links after the interview for like all of the Bulgarian bands that you your heart would desire so awesome let you thank you okay uh i want to move with the next uh question which is kind of okay. more provocative um we had the this uh interview with uh kostin kyurianov uh the the guy who did a lot of artwork for uh like the roadburn festival and yeah, uh, stuff is beautiful yeah and uh we've been talking about like uh being really uh like the art world in like the stoner and psychedelic universe become, becoming like uh, kind of really complacent and uh, working with the, the same images over and over and over again and uh, this kind uh -huh. of this kind of pertains to uh, I guess writing about stoner and psychedelic as well because uh, this democratization of like information I believe has made like a lot of the writers really scared and complacent in a sense uh i mean it's fine to focus on like the positive stuff and like to highlight stuff that really is uh like interesting uh but uh sometimes uh when you hear something really bad isn't it like only human to poke some constructive fun at it Are um i think i think you can find a line in there i think there's uh uh For me, I, you know, I can only really speak for myself in in how I work with Diabolus, but basically if I think something is uninteresting, I'm not going to write about it. Uh, that doesn't mean that everything I write about I like, but it does mean that everything I write about at least has a story I think I can tell about it. There's part of that, it, it absolutely can and should be constructive criticism where it's appropriate. But the, a lot of the tone of internet criticism is sort of this snark, uh, condescending thing, uh, and I am not interested in that. I'm just, I'm just not. I wouldn't want someone to, you know, even if it's bad, I wouldn't want someone to put my work down just on its face like that for no reason, other than because, like, you know, it's funny maybe um so i don't i don't get into i don't get into that um that doesn't mean there's never a negative critique i think if you sort of read you know i i, I hate to say this but I, i think if you read the reviews i write it comes through more when I'm not, you know when i'm really passionate about something than when i don't necessarily Okay, um, so so what's the worst record of 2017? The one you had like really huge expectations but let you down. 
Um, the worst? Well, uh, the, the one can, that kind of let let down all of your expectations for like a certain band. Um, you know, I. You don't have to be polite. No, I usually get more surprised when I don't go back to something after I review it. Like, if I review it, you know, I, I reviewed the Queens of the Stone Age record, and I haven't put it on since. Um, you know, it happens from time to time, but, like, I, I reviewed the Obsessed record, and I never really went, went back to it. Uh, and I thought I would. Um, so, that usually, for me, is more of a tell of how I feel about an album, is, is how much I continue to feel like, yeah, I should put that on. And and those are those are two that I that I didn't really go back to as much as I thought I would. All right, so uh, we're going to hear Snowy Dunes with Ritual of Voices from Atlantis. Yeah. What, do, what can you say about this song? Um, very sort of bluesy, heavy psych vibe. Kind of an up and coming band from Sweden. Um, their record Atlantis uh, hit a nerve with me and and I think is kind of emblematic and and could stand to represent a you know next step for for what was a few years ago Sweden's sort of retro rock movement this is a little bit more modern sounding but still coming from that very classic place okay uh, we're going to hear snowy dunes with ritual of voices and have one more uh, talking session with uh, JJ Coxon from the Obelisk. I think this was very informative and very interesting, at least to me. Hopefully the listeners will appreciate it as well. So let's hear Snowy Dunes with Ritual of Voices.
Listen to Europa Rocks live from Bulgaria. This was Snowy Dunes with Ritual of Voices. Uh, and you're listening to Europa Rogues on the radio waves of Radio Nope. On the phone with us is JJ Coxon from the Obelisk, and we're riffing about riffing. JJ? Yes, that's yeah. a very clever uh, name for the episode, by the way. Riffing about riffing. I wish I could think of stuff like that. <laughs> well, well, well done. I've... I worked in advertising for six years, and it was my uh, job to deal in puns. I'm not proud of it, but it kind of made some job easier. Congratulations Agent. for quitting it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last week was my last week in advertising. So. Ah, nicely done. I, I worked. Um, I worked in copywriting for the last year as well uh, under corporate auspices. And yeah, man, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a crazy world. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, not sad at all. Honestly, to be honest, I'm not sad to uh, be gone with that either. Uh, just to uh, kind of uh, answer you the question about what's happening in Bulgaria. Uh, right now, we're mm -hmm. broad broadcasting from uh, the store of our very good friend. Uh, he's called Dejan Peshev, and uh, his store is called Bare Hands Society. Uh, and he has he has had a like a great year. Uh, you can you can check out uh, his store in uh, like the links uh, that we put on Facebook announcing the show uh, because uh, this year he has done uh, artwork for the Melvins. Uh, he did for uh, their the show of Mastodon last week in London with Red Fang and Russian Circles. Uh, did poster artwork for Gojira. Uh, Red Fang Swans uh, for the recent Unsane tour. So for uh, a guy that's coming from Bulgaria, which is 8 million people, that's not too shabby. No, I'm looking at his stuff right now. It's it's awesome looking. <laughs> yeah. People, Very cool. Uh, so he's uh, our pride and joy here in the kind of underground music community. Uh, we're kind of living vicariously through his success. Um, okay, <laughs> talking about uh, like big bands and big festivals, sure. uh, I wanted to ask you because Roadburn, Roadburn Festival is uh, obviously kind of an institution that has a strong emphasis on the art form of uh, like the expression that uh, bands are looking for in stoner and like whatever genres. And we've seen in the last few years a lot of festivals kind of pop up and try to copy what they have been doing like for the past 20 plus years. And uh, mm -hmm. what's your, what are your thoughts on, like for example, comparing uh, stuff like Psycho Las Vegas to Roadburn uh, in terms of uh, like the, the people, uh, the how people approach uh, stuff over there like festivals like this because we've seen like a lot of desert fests uh, pop up in Europe like the one in Berlin the one in London and like in are, are, they, are, and are, yep. are they trying to catch up to what Roadburn is doing or their like thing is just do big bands like get a lot of people in one place um, I think part of it is just that the festival thing is a formula that works. Um, Roadburn 
me is something special because I view Roadburn as an ongoing creative project. And I think a lot of people have come have come up in the last several years who are trying to sort of capture that similar mode of expression. Um, Roadburn develops every year. Roadburn is something different a little bit every year. Um, and if you look at the Roadburn lineups for the last, let's call it 10 years at this point, you can see a trajectory, like a creative progression. The same way if you look at bands' albums, you can see a creative progression across across each record. Across each Roadburn, you can see that that happening as the festival gets bigger and explores different kinds of sounds. Um, I think you're starting to see that with Desert Fest's Psycho Las Vegas, it's still kind of new, um, and especially for being new in the U.S. Uh, to establish that. But they just announced their first um, their first bands for 2018, and it's Witchcraft, High on Fire, Goblin, uh, Dune from the U.K., uh, Survive, who do the soundtrack to Stranger Things, and I'm forgetting. Uh, but the, yeah, they the, you know they've announced a bunch of good bands already. Oh, Zach Sabbath are playing, um, and Indian. Um, but yeah, um, so it's interesting to see what they're becoming and bring. And Psycho, I think, is bringing a bit of that European festival mindset to the U.S. Um, and the U.S. has had festivals for a long time, Maryland Death Fest and and various other metal fests. Uh, but this one is. But Psycho is specifically focused on sort of the heavy rock, underground, doom, psych, stoner, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that and that makes it distinct. Um, they have a long way to go. Um, in order, like in order to catch up with Roadburn? Much like best festival culture in general, but, um, but they're do, doing do you, that. Do you think they're trying to catch right? up or they're trying to do their own thing? Probably a little bit of both, I would think. Um, they seem to they seem to be pretty successful doing their own thing the way they're doing it. So, so if it not, don't knock it, uh, if it works. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, you know you can't argue with results, and the results la the last couple of years for Psycho have been, from the reports I've heard, uh, pretty stellar. So, okay, uh, we're going to ask you our trademark question because uh, we're kind of running out of time uh, okay. our, our trademark question is what's the difference between European and US bands uh, this actually this question uh, stems from uh, one of my own experiences at Broadburn uh, with one of the panels uh, with the panels with uh, like booking agents uh, like Odyssey booking uh, and I'm forgetting the names of uh, like the other representatives over there and uh, mm -hmm. I was uh, I was at one of those panels, and uh, I asked the question, "Okay, so what if I'm from a like little band from Bulgaria? What should I do in order to like get you to book us or try like get us to work with you?" And uh, like the majority of uh, like the roster on those uh, like bigger like quote unquote. Uh, like agencies uh, is made up of US bands and this is uh, like due to the fact that uh, they're like US bands for some reason are available to tour more 
uh, they don't have uh, like uh, some visa restrictions and whatever that probably 1000 mods uh, had to deal with in order to book their own tour. So yeah. uh, like the, the the approach to like being in a band in uh, like Europe and in the US is completely different from my standpoint. Like uh, as a person who has been in bands and who is uh, like uh, trying to do his own thing. So mm-hmm. what would you say uh, in your communication with bands? What's the like the difference in the mentality and the approach of like the bands from US and Europe? It, um, it can be even be creative, like whatever. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. I think it depends entirely on the band, to be honest with you. It's it's not really... At this point, the field is so vast that there isn't, for, for my mind, one European mindset versus one American mindset. American bands... Um, for america you know for american bands the a big thing is is get to europe get to europe get to europe because europe has a reputation for treating its bands better once you're there um people more people go to shows venues treat you better you get paid better uh and that is why you see so many so many bands focusing on europe look at the atomic bitchwax uh a band from my beloved home state of new jersey like they have done more touring in Europe over the last couple of years than they have in the States, precisely because they can do it and sustain themselves better than they could do it here. Whereas you look at a band like Greenleaf, who, who tried to come over from Sweden and play and it didn't and it didn't work out because it's hard to get in this country and you can't get financial guarantees in the same way. So it's not it's not America doesn't make it easy. For, yeah. for bands to get yeah here. there is that def- there is definitely uh lack of reciprocity in terms of uh like cultural exchange cultural. on on that yeah. on that type of level so uh country of assholes <laughs> uh well, you're, no, well you're, your president yeah. is one uh you probably didn't yeah. vote for him so but uh it's uh, uh it kind of uh something that uh has to be changed and uh th- this is actually one of the uh, as i told you in the beginning of the question that Uh, this is one of the reasons that uh, uh, we wanted to start this show because we don't see like uh, a lot of reciprocity in uh, like uh, U.S. media for pushing for like underground bands, and it's uh, of course economically based because not a lot of bands are allowed over there to tour. Right. So yeah. we're we're no, doing we're doing. That's so special that Thousand Mods are coming over too. Yeah, why that's so special and because th- it doesn't happen all. Yeah, and, and people should be stoked that uh, a band from Greece uh, is coming over there. And if they're playing Athens, Georgia, I, I think it would be a, a lot of uh, like uh, hilarious uh, conversations about which Athens is the real one. Right. Right. Uh, I, I think that's a short conversation, frankly. <laughs> it depends on I the... Th- I, don't think Georgia, I don't think Georgia can compare. I think you could probably also have the conversation... Which Georgia is the real one? <laughs> All right, I think this is a great note uh, to leave uh, uh, to leave the, our listeners with. Uh, this was JJ uh, Coxon from the Obelisk, and we were riffing about riffing on the Verpa Rogues on the radio waves of Radio Nope. Uh, thank you very much, JJ. Uh, I, I think uh, hopefully it was a pleasant conversation, and uh, we'll. This was great. Thank- 
hopefully we can continue it online and we can establish establish a, a bridge uh, a musical bridge from the Balkans to the obelisk so uh, you can get to hear more from our side of the world I would love that thank you okay thank you JJ right have a great day you too thank you guys bye 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 all right uh, this was JJ Coxon from the obelisk and we're continuing with our regular scheduled programming on Europa Rogues we're continuing with the what the Iron Curtain Blues and tonight we're gonna hear a band from guess where? Greece! <laughs> Alright. <laughs> everybody has heard of Vangelis, right? Everybody know about this? The soundtrack of uh, uh, Blade Runner and others. <laughs> but uh, he, he was in a band in the, uh, in the late 60s, early 70s. And the band, uh, the band's name is Aphrodite's Child. The other uh, interesting thing about that band is that um, also Demis uh, Rousseau was uh, part of the band. Mm, the, the album's name is Six Six Six, as simple as it comes. I mean, just the number. <laughs> But uh, let's hear the Four Horsemen out of uh, Aphrodite's Child album from 1972. Six six six. All right, this was uh, our segment, the Iron Curtain Blues. We're going to hear Aphrodite's Child with the Four Horsemen yeah. from 1972 from Greece with Vangelis and Denis Roussos.
hvor der stod, han ikke var trætte. Gik fra land til land og lidte efter livets mening. Fandt kun ned og lag og dårlig smag i skændforening. Skræmt fra vid og sandt af mørke mænd og dommedags på flytter.
And now, uh, to end our interview, I would like to ask you to turn to the camera, if you could. I prefer not because I left behind the relatives of me. Well, we can very well understand that. Thank you very much. You're listening to Evropa Rogues on Radio Nope. Nope. I think this was one of the best conversations that we've had on the Evropa Rogues Definitely. Show. JJ Coxon from the Obelisk. It was very, very interesting. Uh, what we heard right now was Putzike Herer from Denmark with their song Pave or Pavej mm, or Pavej. I don't know. My beloved rock and roll destination. Uh, from their about to be released album called Sire Testen, which is going to come out in January in 2018. Pretty good stoner band. I, you enjoyed it. I did, definitely. Mm, actually, sounds a bit fresh in comparison to everything else. I guess they don't pay much attention to uh, what, what are the trends. Right. Exactly my point. And now, the next traditional doom metal band that I prepared for tonight. They come from the Netherlands. And uh, I've been following the uh, Swedish label I Hate Records for more than 10 years. Uh, I, I Actually, we should probably get in touch with these guys and get them to interview uh, because uh, they, they have a really interesting uh, taste uh, looking for for really um i would say original uh, stuff usually it's not just doom if it's doom it's traditional doom if it's not doom it's uh heavy trash that uh, really old school sound i guess that's uh, what they're usually looking for so i present you priested hood hooded priest <laughs> <laughs> or hooded priest, hood. oh, no. <laughs> the hooded priest from the Netherlands with their song. What was it? These skies must break. From the record, the the hour be none. The hour be none because we are running out of time for the Evropa Rogue show, and it's let's a, hear it. It's a quite a long song, and it finishes really like it's cut. Okay, let's cut it.
for almost a generation, the Iron Curtain remains a reality as well as a symbol of communist tyranny over Eastern Europe. But an Iron Curtain cannot stop the transmission of radio waves which pass overhead. This is Evropa Rogues on Radio Nova, directly for, from the Bare Hand Society storefront. I'm Maxim. I'm Martin. And we have some guests in the faces of Delian, the bass player for Obsidian Sea, and the beautiful Marta. Marta. The voice behind Marta. our... The voice uh, behind Evropa Rogues. So, what we heard was These Skies Must Break by the hooded priest right from on. the Netherlands. And uh, after our conversation with JJ Coxon... Oh man, I fucked up the name. JJ Coxon? Coxon. Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, his help for, m- uh, for the Greek band 1000 Mods, we're going to continue with another Greek band uh, called Sweet Nothing. Uh, with their song The Way It Goes uh, from their album A Call to Arms, another recent release. Uh, they're kind of more psych, but they're more on the poppy side of Like Garish psych. psych? Yes. Your favorite? Yes, my and favorite. You, and f- you picked it. Yes. Uh, I usually hate Garage Rock, but uh, they had a more... Uh, those guys had a more fresh approach to like the genre. I'm so curious. Well, uh, at least the arrangements and uh, the instrumentation is uh, something to be uh, taken into account because they're not using only guitars and drums and bass. How many people in the band then? I think four or five. Not, but not the classical, uh, the classic um, lineup, no. Their album, A Call to Arms, uh, came out on the Greek label Fuzz Overdose Records. So let's hear Sweet Nothing with the song The Way It Goes. And to all of the people that unfortunately witnessed some breaks in the connection. Fuck you! No, it's just The Way It Goes by Sweet Nothing. That's what you get for free. Sweet Nothing.
You're listening to Evropa Rocks on Radio Nope. I yes. already feel, feel at home here at the Bear Hill Society store. shop and store. <laughs> All right. Store and shop. <laughs> uh, what we heard was Sweet Nothing with The Way It Goes. And we're going to finish off with something a lot more aggressive and a lot harder. You don't say. Yes. We're going to hear something that's going to come out in February in 2018. And it's already in my probably top 10 list of what I've heard so far of 2018. Even though 2017 isn't over yet. So uh, the band is called Baron Womb. And the song is called Crook Look from their up-and-coming album Old Money, New Lows. Not Laws. Where are they coming from? The band is from Norway and it's a post-hardcore band. And they're aggressive as fuck. (gasps) And I love them. And (gasps) this this was the 13th edition edition of Evropa Rogues. And to all of our critics, we say... That's what you get for free. So let's hear Baron Womb with Quick Look. Thank you for listening. Thank you to JJ from the Obelisk. Thank and you, Dido. Thank you, Dido. Thank and you, Maxim. Thank you, Martin. Thank you, Major Noise. And Mr. Rockefeller, aka Martin Petrov. <laughs> Baron Womb with Crook Look. Bye bye, and we'll see each other, hear you each know. other. Next year, I guess. Yeah, next year. This was Evapor Oaks. Bye bye.
providing the best from the European underground scene. Listen to Europa Rocks every Sunday on Radio Nope, live from Bulgaria. Visit EuropaRocks.com for extended interviews and more.